I love it, I love it, I love it. How many of you had to sing? Yes, me too. Me too. Okay. Those questions again. What gives meaning to your life? What have you learned through experience that changed you forever? What sustains you in times of difficulty? And what brings you joy beyond measure? In 1951, CBS Radio began airing a show on 139 stations around the country. The show was called This I Believe. It was produced by a gentleman named Edward Morrow. And uh, that show ran from 1951 to 1955. It was a five-minute show that ran all across the United States. And in that five minutes, Edward would introduce someone Uh, either famous or not, who had an opportunity to speak about what they believed. It was a non-religious show. It was an opportunity for someone to make a powerful statement. And that statement was shared all around the United States. When the show went off the air in 1955, the essays that were shared were collected and put into a book. Now, remember, this was 1955 when you didn't have Barnes & Noble on every corner and you couldn't get online to order from Amazon. You had to make an effort to go find a book. They took these essays, the best of these essays, and put them in a book and sold 300,000 copies in 1955. The show was so popular that it was revived in the United States on NPR from 2005 to 2009 and then ended on NPR and was picked up. It ran in England. They ran it in in England for a while, their own edition, and they are now still running it in Canada. So what do we learn from this? We learn that we care what each other believes, that this is, in fact, a very fascinating thing for us to know what another person believes, to actually really hear someone state with some assuredness what they believe and why they believe it. So I want for us to be able to do that. I want for us to know what we believe and what we don't believe. And that's really what your personal credo is. Your personal credo is a statement of what you believe and why. So I'm inviting you to write it down. And the very first question in your mind will be, why do I have to write it down? I already know. I already know what I believe. Or if I don't know, why do I have to write it down? Can't I just think about it? Science has told us some interesting stuff. One of the things that we know from science is that we can be thinking about many things at the same time. How many of you have a computer? What happens when you have many programs open on your computer at the same time? It slows down, doesn't it? The same thing happens with your brain. If you're running many programs, thinking about many topics at the same time, you don't think as clearly or as concisely because you have a lot of windows open. You have a lot of stuff going on there. 
The way the brain works when we take the time to think through something and write it down, it comes, travels from our brain down through our body to our arm and onto paper. When we're done writing that, the brain goes, ah, I'm now finished, right? I'm finished. And the program closes, right? So the program is done. I've written this. I'm done now. That's an important thing. When we're writing things down, we have to become much more clear about what it is that we want to write. We discern things differently when we see them in words. Our brain functions not only on thoughts, but also we are also generating emotions, aren't we? So there's all kinds of feelings coming up. And when we start to talk about love, or we start to talk about anger, or we start to talk about uh, whatever our passion is, all of those emotions back up our words. When we write something down on paper, we have to get very clear about what we want those words to convey. So we write a sentence. And we look at it and we say, hmm, that doesn't quite say what I want to say. What's a better word for this? Oh, yeah, I'll put that word in. Hmm. Still not quite it. Not quite. Let me think about this for a few. Maybe I'll get out my thesaurus. What is the word I'm looking for? We'll find the words that convey not only our thoughts, but our feelings. That really put on paper something that reflects who we are. That's one of the reasons that we want to listen to each other say these things. Because they're, they're reflections, aren't they, of a vulnerable place within us, a willingness to really speak to what we believe regardless of what anybody else believes. And when we put it on paper, we're writing for ourselves. We don't have to worry about who else is going to read it unless we want to share it. And we may at some time. But our writing is for us to get very clear. So how do we do this? First of all, we have to have some good questions. I gave you some good questions to think about. Again, what gives meaning to your life? What have you learned through experience? What sustains you in time of difficulty? What brings you joy beyond measure? So let's start with the first one. What gives meaning to your life? When we look at questions and we decide we're going to answer them, it helps sometimes to know what is always and what is never for you. What is always and what is never. So always for me might be I'm going to, I will always make an effort to save a life if I can. And that means the smallest life. So earlier today we had a little in the office discussion about the spider on the ceiling and whether we should save it or it had made its way inside and thereby given up its right to life. <laughs> so I know that you have all faced that same challenge. I know that you have, right? Spiders, mice, snakes, who knows? Some of us have boundaries at the door that say, if you, you, as long as you're outside, you're fine, but if you come in here, you're fair game. So you have to know what you believe, don't you? I always look for a way to save the smallest representation of life. The smallest being has value because I feel like if I honor life in that very small form, then the bigger in life comes more easily. 
I can say that as an always. There are some things you can say as an always too. I never intentionally step on a spider. I ne- no, I really, truly, I never intentionally step on an ant. I never intentionally step on anything. You have some nevers and some always. Those things are important. If it's an always or a never, there's a reason for you. It's a big deal in your life. I never hit a child. Why? Because I grew up in a household where that could happen, and it was painful. I never, which means I believe there are ways to help children make good decisions that do not involve violence. Yes? That's an I believe statement that I can define by what I never do. I always and I never. These are important things. And we're told that there are none, that you know we don't have those. Nobody does anything always. Nobody does anything never. But there are things that for you are always and never unless something is really, really wrong. I don't take prescription medicine unless I absolutely have to because I believe we can energetically heal our bodies. Do you see how this works? Sometimes it's, I don't believe and I do believe. I don't believe in capital punishment, personally, that's me. I don't believe in capital punishment, thereby I believe that no matter the crime, no person is beyond repair, no person has sunk to a level that love and education can't help. I do believe, I don't believe. These are important, important things. So this first question, what gives meaning to your life? What are you passionate about? What really matters to you? One of the ways to find that is to look at your emotions. What makes you happy? I was sharing with the 9 o'clock service that what makes me happy, actually I shared this as joy, what gives me joy, what is truly joyful for me, is very simple. When I come out on a snowy morning and I walk out the front door and I realize that before Mark left for work, he cleared off the snow off his car and then he moved once we park out on the street, that he came back to my car and cleaned off the snow off my car before, I, before he left. It, it, there is, it is the most amazingly joyful thing for me to realize that the last thing my husband thought about before leaving the, do- the house, before leaving for work, was me, right? I know every woman in here went, aw, right? These things, how do you feel? When you, when you ask the question, what is meaningful in my life? It's going to be somebody you love. It's going to be something you do. It's going to be something that makes you feel powerful and connected. What it has the greatest meaning in your life will, will give you a place to start your credo. Mine would probably be, I believe love is the answer to everything. That really, for me, is every time I can come back to love before anything else, the rest of it seems to flow. The second question is, what have you learned through experience that changed you forever? Let me give you some clues. If you've ever lost someone, 
you learned that life is not always how you expect it, that you can't take people for granted. If you have ever had to make the choice to leave, you learned that sometimes you have to choose yourself over someone else in order to have a life. If you've ever had to give a part of yourself away, make a change, um, maybe give up an addiction, then you have learned that you are powerful beyond anything you could have ever believed, that you have a capability to change everything about who you are. If you've ever sunk to a low depth, been a person you didn't want to be, you've learned that you are profoundly human. And because you can accept that in yourself, you can accept it in other people. What have you learned from your life experience that changed you forever? That should be in your credo. What sustains you in times of difficulty? What gets you through? Is it your connection with the divine? Is it your ability to take 10 deep breaths and feel centered? Is it wise words your grandmother told you? The person who told you you were capable of doing anything? What is it that gets you through when life hands you something you didn't think you could handle? How do you get through? Maybe it's friends. I believe that friendship supports everything else and that time should be invested in it. What is it that you believe that sustains you when it's difficult? And finally, what brings you joy beyond measure? And by beyond measure, I mean you can't predict it. You can't predict it. So for some of us, we open the front door and happen to catch a glimpse of that, or, or maybe it's coming over the, over the Uinta Hill, right? As you come down that hill past the grocery store and the mountains open up for you and you catch your breath. Right? <gasps> wow. Wow. It's that thing that you can't plan for, but when it happens, it rushes through every cell in your body. What is it that brings you joy? I had friends come in in between services. Um, uh, you guys were here a few months ago when we baptized Emberly. And they, uh, Brian and Charity stopped by this morning and brought Emberly and, and um, Andon in. And Andon came in, and I just love this, because Andon's been to the church half a dozen times in his whole life. He's four. This is his place. He came right in, ran all the way up here, sat on the front row, and had a personal concert during the rehearsal of the music team. Right? This is his place. His parents were here a few weeks ago, and he came running in and came all the way up and sat in the chair. That's joy, right? For me, that a child feels this welcome here is such profound, gives me such profound joy that we would, because it tells you something about this community. A kid will feel things that adults don't. And when a four-year-old baby runs in and is totally at home, you know, and clapping and laughing and loving the music, you know, we're, that's, that's joy for me, holding that little girl, just smelling the top of her head. You know, babies have that smell. There are things that bring us joy that, that are beyond words, beyond measure, 
that flush our entire body with a remarkable sense of aliveness. What does that for you? That's an I believe. What do you believe about that that makes that so amazing for you? I believe that every child is born an angel. And I also believe that safe and loving places will feel safe and loving for children first. And that it speaks to the power of community when a child feels that safe. So we're going to ask ourselves these questions and we're going to discern, distill a little at a time, what comes to us from these questions. And hopefully, you will take the time to write it down. Some of you will leave here today and decide it's not that important to you, and that's okay. Maybe it's not right now. We all have time for things. So if it's not that important right now, don't beat up on yourselves about it. Just know that. But if you are one of those people who has said to me, and I've heard it from many of you, I want my spiritual experience to go deeper. How do I go the next level? This is how. This is the work that you have to do that no one, no amount of my standing up here can be done, can make this happen for you. You have to do it for yourself. I'm going to invite you to make it simple, to write 300 words or less. Okay? 300 words or less. And if, and write it with love. Write it so that you love the words that are on the page. And if you really love the words on the page, send me a note this week and say, I want to share these next week. Because next week, I want to give a few people a chance to share their credo. Short and sweet, no more than 300 words. So as we close today, I want to give you an idea of what approximately 100 words sounds like. So I'll share these quotes with you. Audrey Hepburn said, I believe in pink. I believe that laughing is the best calorie burner. I believe in kissing, kissing a lot. I believe in being strong when everything seems to be going wrong. I believe that happy girls are the prettiest girls. I believe that tomorrow is another day, and I believe in miracles. Martin Luther King Jr. said, I refuse to accept the view that mankind is so tragically bound to the starless midnight of racism and war that the bright daybreak of peace and brotherhood can never become a reality. I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word. Frank Lloyd Wright said, I believe in God, only I spell it nature. John Lennon said, I believe in God, but not as one thing, not as an old man in the sky. I believe that what people call God is something in all of us. I believe that what Jesus and Muhammad and Buddha and all the rest said was right. It's just that the translations have gone wrong. And Robert Fulham said, I believe that imagination is stronger than knowledge, that myth is more potent than history, that dreams are more powerful than facts, that hope always triumphs over experience, that laughter is the only cure for grief, and I believe that love is stronger than death.